You know, Psalm 105 says this, Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim His greatness. We are doing that right now. Let the whole world know what He has done. Sing to Him. Yes, sing His praises. Check and amen. And tell everyone about His wonderful deeds. Tell everyone about His wonderful deeds. But here's the thing, church family. We have many reasons to give thanks. We have many reasons to give thanks. And we could spend hours talking about the many things that God has done. Hours talking about God's faithfulness to us. But we are going to highlight just a few things. We're going to highlight a few things that God is doing both in our church as a whole on a ministry level. We're also going to be highlighting the fact that God has been working powerfully in specific individuals. One specific individual we want to highlight this morning is Alicia Page. Now you might recall even last year we highlighted God's supernatural intervention in her life. If you don't know Alicia Page or you don't know her story, let me put it very succinctly. Alicia Page was on the verge of taking her own life. There was a time in her life where she says, I am done. In fact, if you understand the the complications and the the mental uh, struggle that Alicia Page experiences on a daily level, almost everybody ends their life by way of suicide. And she was on the verge of being no exception. But God. But God, in his love for her and his relentless pursuit of her, brought people into her life Women who came and loved on her and served her and strengthened her and spoke truth into her life and by His grace literally redeemed her, literally saved her. And to this day, she is alive and she's now walking this journey of struggle, but not on her own anymore, not in isolation, but she's doing so with, yes, her church family, but she's also doing so with Jesus. She is not alone. Yeah, it's very, this is an amazing testimony. But here's the reality, and you can relate to this. The reality is, sometimes we have this idea that, oh, God's going to intervene, and then all my problems literally go away as if everything's as I want it to be. But it doesn't always work out that way. In fact, sometimes the way God intervenes is, I will walk with you in your struggle. I'm not necessarily going to remove everything, but I'm going to walk with you in it. You will not be alone. I will never leave you, Jesus says. I will never forsake you. And that's the journey that Alicia's been on. That's the journey she's been walking, not because her her struggle has been removed from her, but she's walking in the power of the gospel of Jesus. She's walking in the power of Jesus' presence in her life. And she's doing so also with her church family. This last year has been difficult in its own way. Yes, she has hope that she never once that never once existed in her life, but she had other complications from years of of hardship. One particular example is that she her kidneys were failing. And it's a 5-year waiting list and she needed one now. But God, right? But God once again shows his faithfulness. And let's just hear it directly from her own lips.
I received a kidney transplant within a year of being placed on the transplant list, which is amazing. So many of our church body was praying as well as other Christians beyond our church congregation. I was less than a few months from receiving dialysis, but God had a perfect timing. Most of my team was in town because of COVID to be available to help me with uh, my required caregiving and encourage me every step of the way. Our church body was so kind and encouraging. They always pointed me back to Christ as I went through difficult times. I am overwhelmed and touched by those who have taken a part of this journey, especially my team. Um, God overwhelmingly has blessed me with his grace and goodness by giving me his strength to work at my job right up until I left for surgery. Earlier this year, my mom, who had Alzheimer's disease, broke her hip and God gave me a voice to advocate for her, not to be forced to have further interventions. God had the perfect timing for that too. He allowed my mom to pass before the COVID virus lockdown and to be and permit me to be with her right up into her last breath. Although this was really difficult, my team put on a special memorial which brought me closure and healing. Without the support of the pastors and my Christian family, I don't believe I could have weathered the storm as well. God has also used her death to bring reconciliation to my family and me. My story hasn't ended, and God has given me yet another chance to get up again and continue to spread who He is and inspire hope in others. Amen. That story is not over, like Pastor Aaron said. Even before this service, she has been under attack. Alicia has been under intense attack, you all. Her fistula that she has in her uh, in preparation for the uh, kidney transplant has failed, got infected. She was in the ER and so forth, dealing with depression and going, okay, the enemy is not done, but God. Again, but God, and we, we, we had her speak or showed a video a year ago in this service as well, and the week before, she came under tremendous attack. And so when there is an attack, you know what that means. The enemy didn't like what's happening because God's on the move. Praise God, he is more victorious, even as we heard and sang this morning. So praise the Lord, Alicia, we celebrate with you all praise to him, and we, I give thanks especially to the team that is around her that have loved her faithfully in the very difficult times. So do we continue to have reasons to praise? We do. I'd like to highlight how God has used IBC even globally to do amazing things. Uh, during the midst of this COVID thing, uh, the Board of Elders approved sending money to Zimzam Global, to um, Embrace Liberia, as well as to Monte Olivos in Spain. And through Zimzam Global, monies went to India and to Kenya, where families were shut down because of COVID. They could not get out. And so food was prepared in bags and supplies. Staples were taken and given uh, to families in Liberia and in Kenya as well, as well as in India through those two organizations. We got to be a part of that. And the testimonies coming out of that, we're going to hear in a minute um, from Pastor Anthony. Uh, but 
we got to be a part of that. And it was an amazing thing to see how God used that even from here. One more thing I want to mention. Uh, Pastor Aaron and I have talked about a guy named Kola. Kola Jute, who is in Northeast India. He is a co-laborer in the gospel. He is with um, the denomination that we've worked with over there. And <laughs> this week, Pastor Aaron and I were on a video call with Kola. And he goes, I have been watching every service I am with you. In fact, he's watching right now. So Kola, good to see you, brother. Really good. He, he says, I'm a part of IBC. Okay, this is literally around the globe on the other side of the earth. And he's watching right now with his family. And they are a part of IBC. In fact, he said, when, Pat, when we said farewell to Jamie, our worship leader, Cola said he had straight, uh, tears coming down his face. That's how connected, Cola, you are with us. He has given a vote of confidence. He says, I love Pastor Michel. So Pastor Michel has a vote of confidence from India. It is uh, about 10, 10.30 tonight where Cola is watching right now. So IBC family, if we could say good evening, Cola, that'd be great. You ready to do that? On three, one, two, three. Good There you go, brother. <laughs> Praise God. Cola gives testimony of the things that God is doing there in the city that he is in of Shillong. There are roughly 180 to 200 new cases every day. It's been on the rise. They are locked down. When they leave their house, they put on exterior clothing so that when they come back, they take it off outside and leave it outside. It's intense where they are. Keep praying for them. He goes, but the ministry carries on. God is on the move there. They're doing everything online, and so he just rejoices with us. So Pastor Anthony, all the way from Liberia, he left us in December, came back in July, he had an extended stay there, we prayed for him all the time, he is back. So Pastor Anthony, come on up brother, would you all welcome our brother Pastor Anthony. (laughs) Pastor Anthony, do you have any reasons to praise our great God this morning? Do you have the time to be here? Because (laughs) it will take me... The whole day plus another day to testify of the goodness of God. You know, Psalm David said, Psalm 20, verse 7, he says, Some trust, I will paraphrase that. He says, Some trust in whatever they have. He said, In horses, in chariots, in money, their education, their position. He said, But as for me, and Israel, who will trust in him. And that has been our life. My family and I, we fled Africa as a refugee. And God said, you are no refugees. You are my people. He said, I will send you back. What? <laughs> we fled Liberia because of our lives. And now you're going to send us back? He said, I'm going to send you back. You are not refugees. And so there we went back. To God be the glory. We sing a song. To God be the glory. For the great things he's done. I am of a nobody. But God likes to work with the nobody. Amen? Amen. For his glory. 
So no matter who you are, just wait for God and he will make you to be what he wants you to be. So my wife, I heard John say amen. <laughs> so we thank God that we went back and we try in our weak ways, we try to raise up a leadership team on the ground that can be trained and turn around and train all the churches. And we are, we are grateful to God that God has raised a strong team to work together with the churches in Liberia. And God is great. And the team is so strong. And now they are saying to themselves, we are going to develop a team that will train all the pastors in Liberia. And so they're going to have their first training shop in next month. We said, yes. We said, we said, we said, start with 35 to 40 people just in the, in the community. Find the pastors. And they are going to start doing that next month. And to God be the glory for that. We don't have to be there. Pastor Tom and Pastor Aaron came. They were a blessing. But then they left. (laughs) Why did we leave? I don't know. They were such a blessing. The people were so rejoicing. And then they said, goodbye the next week. What? And so we said, you know what? They will come and go, come and go. But you have a base here on the ground. Right on. And you can do it yourself. And they say, okay. In our weak ways, we'll try. And so we need to pray for them and encourage them. And perhaps buy lunch for them as well. Amen? Amen. And so we thank God for that. And then we have a leadership struggle with the, the school. And God moved in a mysterious way. And our lady raised up. She said, I am going to do that. And so we now have a very good team in the school as well. And the school is going well with the feeding that you guys are providing. And when I was there, I can't believe it. And the people can't believe it. They said, the church that you came from, they sent $3,000 to put food on our table. We don't even know them. I said, that's how God works. Amen. That's right, brother. And so, and so I, I called the pastors of the churches, Tom visited one church, and uh, Locke visited one church, and Pastor Aaron stayed right there, because he's the head pastor. <laughs> and so he stayed right there with, with the group. But we called the pastors, and we, we told them, we got 25 bags of rice for your church, we got 50 bags of rice, depending on the size of the churches. And they all came, and they were so happy, we just should have played the trigger rice home. We got some video. A lady, the pastor said, Are you going to, somebody got to come and sit on this rice? And she ran up and sat on a whole sack of rice. And they were just rejoicing. So thank you for reaching out. Amen. When our government cannot reach out to the people, when you reach out to them, God has blessed you and you were blessing all the people. And then, the third aspect that I'm grateful for to God is Isaac, the uh, local director at the center. There were a lot of things he needed to, to learn. And I spent a lot of time with him from January to July. It wasn't my plan to stay until July. But God, then that way, 
And I rejoiced that I was there a long time. And it gave me more time to spend with Isaac and to show him things that we needed to do. And it works out well. And he posted some pictures of people coming out there, you know, having a wedding. I mean, that whole place was decorated like it was a big sanctuary, the whole compound. Beautiful pictures on Facebook. And so God is doing a good job through you people to his glory. Tom told me, you got a short time. I said, I want to spend a whole day telling people about what God, who God is in my life and how he's been good to me. He said, no, you got a short period of time. If not, I'll cut you off. I said, oh, Lord, please have mercy on him because I want to testify of God. Thank you, church, Amen. for your goodness and thank God for his goodness. Amen, brother. Amen, Pastor. We're going to have more time. We're going to send out videos with Pastor Anthony giving more reports uh, as we go here. So Kim Sutton, our church administrator, coming up, Kim. Do you, Kim, would you please welcome Kim to the front? Do we have reasons to celebrate what Jesus has done, ma'am? Yes, we do. Good morning, IBC family. I am Kim Sutton, your administrator, and I get to tell you what we have to be thankful for in finances for this year. Do we have a reason to be thankful? Yes, we do. Well, this has been a good year. It's been God's year. Due to the pandemic, us financers were busy putting together financial strategies, envisioning that the school and the church would fall apart. But God actually was putting things back together, putting things into place. By God's grace, both the church and the school ended this year in the black. Woo! Only God. For the school, God went before them, and he had appointed a uniquely gifted principal who was equipped to swiftly pivot and produce excellent online education. Families stayed. In all the 20-plus years that I've been here, I've not seen OCS end as well financially as they did this year. Isn't that amazing? This year. (laughs) Several dozen new families are now enrolled this year, and so also God going before them this future year looks very bright. For the church, God went before us as well. Uh, IBC had recently installed cameras and new recording equipment, and without those uh, previously being installed, we would not have been able to provide the live streaming or the um, wonderful videos that the pastors have provided for encouragement for the body while we were staying at home. So thanks, God. So as in finance, as the budget, we went in and reduced the budget, and we were preparing what I called the worst-case scenarios for the budget. Over the weeks and the months, they actually became, and towards the end of the fiscal year, we started calling them the best-case scenarios. <laughs> Not only did the church end in the black, but now this year there is a more reduced conservative budget for this year while we're moving forward, and we also all we also were able to fulfill the 
dream of having a worship pastor, full-time worship pastor here. Welcome, Pastor Michelle. This year, even this year, God is doing something new. Well, if you would like the financial details, the numbers, they'll be included in your annual report. Uh, It was sent out on the news line, or you can look at the website next week and, and take a peek at what the numbers really are. So one of the, I want to leave you with this fun little story. Um, we received lots and lots of mail, stacks and piles of mail at the church office this uh, last six months. But one of the fun things was when, um, when my bookkeeper would bring in uh, and, and share notes, um, warm greetings from you all, it would be uh, words of encouragement. We would see, we are praying for you, from you guys. And I tell you what, that just warmed our hearts. We are just um, full to overflowing. And so I want to uh, express those warm greetings back to you. Thanks. Uh, Do we have a reason to give thanks this year, church family? We do. We absolutely do. So thank you, and God bless. Student ministry is investing in the next generation. Student ministries is valuable. Student ministries is fulfilling the Great Commission. Student ministries is a great way to serve God. Youth ministry is reaching kids at the most influential time of their life. Student ministry is never dull. Building community. Fulfilling. Building the church body. Needed. Rewarding. Is investing in today's church. My favorite thing about uh, student ministry is getting to build relationships with the students and getting to share how uh, awesome and good our God is with them. My favorite part about youth group is creating bonds with the students and seeing the impact they make after they've graduated. My favorite thing about student ministries is being a small group leader. I love um, helping the kids go deeper in their relationship with God. My favorite thing to do as part of the youth group is summer camp. I love taking the kids and just really digging deep into into their faith. My favorite thing about youth ministry is when kids come to Christ. It just brings me to tears every time. Good morning. I wanted to lead with that video because I don't know what your impression is of student ministry. I know a lot of times it has been couched in the, it's all fun and games and hype and, and uh, exhausting. Part of that is true. <laughs> but what I hope you see that student ministry is just this very deep relational opportunity to disciple our students and our teenagers. And uh, I want to show that to you because we are in need of more people to disciple these students. We have students ready and waiting for small groups to form. And uh, what's so amazing is that, yeah, this COVID time, uh, we have been able to go so much deeper with so much many more, more of these students. And now we need, we need people to respond as saying, yes, I want to I start discipling more students. And so I want to put that call out there. If, if you watch that and, and, and your heart maybe not be, oh, I love the hype, but your heart is I want to disciple people then 
strongly consider this. Uh, this weekend, as we talk about things to uh, celebrate, this weekend we did our Dare to Share Live conference. We did this last year. Last year we did it here in the sanctuary, big event. This year we did it much differently. We did it in homes, in small groups. And uh, I just want to report a couple things. First thing is we had two students give their faith to Christ during this event. So... Pretty, pretty amazing. And then the students spent the morning being equipped, being encouraged how to share their faith. And we broke up into groups. We had, we had a group of students go to SARS, sitting out there praying for people. Uh, we, my group, we were out doing some street evangelism. And I tell you what, we, we encountered a guy who said, you know, I've been thinking about this. God had already been preparing his heart. I've been thinking about this. Would God let me into heaven? And he goes, you know, I'm just, I'm just not, I don't know if I'm ready to do what I need to do. And there a student said, listen, Jesus did what he needed to do so that this could be a reality for you. All right, guys, it was an amazing weekend. A lot of stuff to, uh, a lot of stuff to just give thanks for. And so, guys, God's moving in our student ministry. Would love for you to jump on and be a part of that. So, thank you. Everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And we want to give thanks and commission our brother, Michel, to the ministry of worship and praise in this congregation. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Now, we've been after God's choice for over a year. And this is like, wow, it's today. Finally, we actually commission him. And... In the book of Exodus, chapter 17, there's a unique prayer. Now, we're into prayer in this season. Amen? Amen. Well, the prayer is Joshua is down in a big war, and uh, he has Moses from a distance praying for him. And the only way that the victory occurs for Joshua is if Moses and her and Aaron are lifting hands in prayer. So, we're going to have a commissioning, and I'm going to ask Michelle. Thank you, Michelle. Let's give him a hand. I'm going to ask him to come down here in front and stand facing you, and we're going to have the elders come down and social distance on one side and the other, and we're going to have Dr. Aaron come up and pray for him. So, if Michelle, right in front of us here, and if you elders would come up, and uh, I will turn it over to Dr. Aaron, Chairman Aaron. All right, so, yeah, as he mentioned, my name's Aaron Swinson. I'm the current chairman of the elder board here. So, um, I'd just like to say to Michelle, we are, on behalf of the Elder board here, just super excited to have you on staff here. Um, just, I was part of the search committee uh, that was looking at applicants, and and from the beginning, just seeing the process, and we almost didn't even see your application. Just how God <laughs> made sure we saw your application—that's a good thing. Um, so again, very excited to have you on board here. So, uh, if you guys could all stand with me, and I'd ask you to participate in this. Uh, <clears throat> prayer of blessing, if you would raise your hand up, get extra credit if you do both, but at least one. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, you join me in prayer here. Dear Heavenly Father, we live in a crazy time, in a crazy world uh, that seems just out of control. Um, but do we have reason to be thankful? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. First of all, uh, we just want to thank you for being on the throne, uh, the sovereign king, the Alpha and Omega. You know all things, and nothing happens that's not under your control. You are our benevolent Father, who has promised never to leave us nor forsake us, and you will work all things out for our ultimate good, that good being our conformity to your likeness, Lord. So we first of all just want to say thank you for being who you are. As we've already heard this morning, uh, there's just many individual ways that you have uh, blessed our body and reasons to rejoice. And right now, uh, we just want to take this moment to rejoice in your provision of our new worship pastor, Michelle Van Essen. Thank you, Lord, for leading us uh, to bring Pastor, pastor Michelle on staff watching how you've given uh, leadership just and Michelle and his wife peace in this whole process, just as confirmation that this, this is what you want uh, for our body at this point, Lord. We excitedly look forward to how you will use Michelle in leading our IBC family to grow in all aspects of worshiping you, Lord, ultimately bringing glory to your name. We acknowledge and affirm the gifts that you have given Michelle for this role, and we pray for the power of your Holy Spirit to enable Michelle to fulfill this calling even beyond what we could imagine, Lord. We pray that you give Michelle both the boldness and the humility to always be about your work, that he would lead well with grace and truth. And we just ask uh, for your power, or as we ask, excuse me, for your power to help Michelle lead well, we also ask for your power to help us follow well, Lord, to listen to your words uh, that you will speak through Michelle's ministry. Uh, we are confident that Michelle's service uh, pleases you, but we also know that it does not please Satan right now. So we humbly ask for your protection for Michelle and his family as he steps into uh, this full-time position and follows uh, your calling, Lord. As you've said in your word in 1 Timothy 1.3, if anyone aspires to the office of an overseer, he desires a noble task. So we thank you, Lord, for Michelle's willingness to serve, and we pray that you would pour out your blessing on Michelle and his family. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this wonderful gift to our RBC family. And all God's people said, Amen. Hello. There we go. It's not official if there's not a piece of paper, so here is your official certificate there. Pastor Michelle Van Essen. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. This looks legit. <laughs> well, amen, brothers and sisters. Once again, as we are reminded, we have so many reasons to give thanks. I love what is said in Psalm 103, let all that I am praise the Lord. Let with my whole heart I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget. May I never forget the good things he does 
for me. IBC family, my prayer for you, my prayer for us, is that we would be a people who does not forget, but who remembers regularly. That we would be a people that responds in the worship and praise of our great God. That we realize over and again, even as my daughter was saying, like, how many reasons do we have to give thanks? When you start, the ball just starts rolling, right? You're like, oh my goodness. There are so many things, so many reasons to say thank you, Jesus. There are so many reasons, as Peter says, to respond with inexpressible joy. Have you responded with inexpressible joy today? Have you responded with inexpressible joy lately? My prayer for us is that we would not be a forgetful people. Because we are reminded over and again that we can very easily become forgetful. And you know what? We have a formidable enemy. His name is Satan. And he has every intention to distract, to disrupt, and to destroy you. And one of the ways in which he accomplishes that is by helping you be distracted on the things that matter most. By becoming forgetful. By wallowing in the circumstances by wallowing in the hardship. But even as I was reminded driving to church this morning, the song that came on in the church this morning was a classic hymn that says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of this world grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and full of burden and I will give you rest for my yoke is easy and my yoke is light. Brothers and sisters, Jesus loves you. If there's one thing you walk away from here this morning is this, that Jesus loves you and he wants you to walk in freedom. And the irony of walking in freedom and being filled with inexpressible joy is not because our circumstances conform to the way in which we want them to. It's when we respond in the worship of our king. That's what pleases him. That's where the enemy becomes powerless. And that's how we are filled abundantly with the spirit of Christ. So where are we going from here? We have the opportunity as a church family to look back at God's faithfulness. We have the opportunity to look back at God's goodness. And I pray that we continue to do that even today. But when we think about going ahead, there's a couple of things I just want to highlight for you very, very briefly. I promise to be very brief. The elders had an opportunity not too long ago to have a little retreat and really to seek the Lord. Lord, what do you want for your church? What is it that you want for your church? And really as a, at the conclusion of our time together, there was an overwhelming sense of two things. That what God wants for his church here in Port Angeles, Washington at IBC is that he wants us to be a church devoted to prayer and a church persistent in their discipleship mandate. Now, of course, you might actually hear those things and go, well, yeah, that's, that makes sense. That's in the Bible but how easily that can be forgotten. How easily we can think we might even be doing that and not actually doing it. But we walked away from that 
retreat going, Lord, you have spoken to us. You want your church to be a church that is devoted to prayer. We see this, first of all, first and foremost, in Exodus 32, we see that God really doesn't, uh, he doesn't destroy his people because of the intercession of his servant Moses. We see in Matthew 21, as I will unpack for us next week, that God said he wants his house to be a house of prayer. We see in 2 Chronicles 7, and you know this verse very well, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. Brothers and sisters, we have been given an invitation by Creator God to enter His presence through prayer. That's what we do. In fact, the consistency of our prayer life reveals the kind of dependence we have on God. The consistency of our prayer life reveals the dependence we have on God. And so we acknowledge as a church leadership that we are desperately dependent on God and we want to model that for you and encourage that in you that as dependent people we are going to seek our great God through prayer, not only to bring our request to him but also because prayer is two way by the way, to receive from him. Sometimes our prayer life is, Lord, here is your servant, I'm listening. What do you have to say to me right now? So we want to be a church devoted to consistent and fervent prayer. But secondly, we want to be a church that prioritizes our discipleship mandate. You know the the classic Matthew 28 passage, right? Or it's restated again in Acts chapter 1 in different words. But the point is this, go and make disciples. Make disciples is the universal commissioning for Christ's church. But let me define what discipleship is. Discipleship is not limited to head knowledge. Discipleship is not limited just to get into heaven. That's not what it means to be a disciple. It's in part, but not fully. Now, when we talk about discipleship, discipleship means to grow and to live a life in obedience to Christ. That's what it means to be a disciple. Even Dallas Willard, he says something that was uh, unfortunately very appropriate. He says, one of the greatest travesties in the evangelical church today is to think there's a difference between being saved and being a disciple. In other words, as long as I'm guaranteed eternal life, I've got what I came for, right? But that's not what Jesus is offering. And as we see over and again, even through our, our gospel study, our study through the gospel of Matthew, we see that over and again that we see this, this is what it means to be a disciple. It is one whose whole life is surrendered and conformed to Jesus Christ. And the way in which you know that is through your obedience. It's why Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but not do what I tell you? He goes on to say, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And so when we talk about discipleship, our desire for you is that you would be a disciple who is eager to be obedient to Christ, who is learning to abide in Christ by their obedience 
to Christ. There's a few ways in which we want to encourage that in you very quickly. One of the ways when we are encouraging a healthy discipleship is that the leadership, the elders are, are following up with you. We, we, find, we don't want to just assume things are going well, but we want to intentionally follow up with you, not just to know how you're doing physically, though that's, we want to know those things too, but even more than that, we want to know how you're doing spiritually. Our greatest goal for you is that you're walking in a healthy manner with Jesus Christ. And we're growing in this ministry ourselves. We're growing in this ministry of how to ask good questions and how to, how to intentionally serve you and come alongside you. Now, yes, you can get the call from an elder or get the conversation from an elder, and you could say, hey, everything's good when may, it may not be. You have that prerogative. But may I encourage you, let us be authentic. Let us be genuine. Let us be real. Let us be transparent. Satan has great power in isolation. But when we open ourselves up, there's great restoration and there's great healing. So we are going to be following up with you intentionally as a leadership. We also have life groups. We'll be doing kind of a a series on that actually very shortly. Uh, We're really talking about what is life groups. Why do we do it? Why does it matter? What is the point of it? What, What does it look like? We, want, we believe that the life groups are important because when we come together as a church family, this is significant. This is important. We come to receive, to worship God together as a church family. We come to uh, receive the exhortation of God through his word and to encourage each other. But it's in the context of life groups that where application takes place. The exhortation happens kind of on a typical Sunday. It doesn't mean it can't happen other places. But on Sunday, the point is to worship and to receive, but in the context of, ap- of life groups is application. What does it mean for my life, and how am I going to put this into practice? In fact, just, just this past week, I was talking to my father-in-law, Asa. He's actually helping out with the kids right now, so he's not here. But his desire has always been to, hey, I want to do this right after service, go right up to the Family Life Center, and I want to just, get, you know, we just heard from God, let's talk about it. I'm like, when can you start? It's going to start very soon, just so you know. Maybe even next week, I don't know. I haven't talked to the ladies in the office yet, but I'm like, let's just get on it. Because what I love about it is like, we've just heard from God. Let's go over and go, God, what are you saying to me? And how can we encourage one another to follow through with what we've heard? Because again, what is discipleship? It's not just head knowledge. It's not just knowing about God, but it's walking in obedience to Christ. We are also seeking to do weekly encouragements. You might be getting those. I'm not sure how many of you are are watching those, but we're seeking to do weekly video encouragements for you, something that we have not been done, haven't done prior uh, to this kind of COVID season. But actually, this is becoming a new norm for us. And and Michelle, our new worship pastor, he's sending out a, a worship set in fact, we've even talked about it this week, and the point is he's going to get, he's like, here's the songs we're going to sing this weekend, and there's a reason behind that. We want you to begin singing and worshiping, so when we come together as a church family, you already know the song. You've been rehearsing this, you've been reminding yourself, and if you're like, I don't know the song, guess what, by Sunday, you will know the song. And you'll be coming together going like, I get to worship with my family, having been singing these songs all week long. And then our desire is to also just continue to point you to the word of God. We're trying to make it short and concise. That's really hard to do as a pastor, so please forgive us. You know, short, sweet, hard to beat is an ideal, but it's not our ordeal. 
Um, but we are seeking to encourage you just by just pointing to the word. And as we sense from the spirit, we are hoping to just address that on your behalf. One final thing. It is imperative, brothers and sisters, that you are daily in the word of God. It is imperative that you spend daily time with God through the scriptures. You cannot grow as a disciple apart from time in God's word. It's impossible. And there's no neutrality in life. You know, you're not at a standstill. You are either growing in Christ or you are digressing. There is no neutrality. So if you are not consistently in the word, we provide a reading plan for you. We are literally setting the table for you. All you have to do is eat. And I, this right now, we, as, as Vern has already addressed, we are going through all the prayers of the Bible. So not only is it putting, get, helping you dig into the word of God more specifically, but you are also learning how to pray. You're le- seeing how people prayed in scripture so that you can grow in your prayer life. It has been instrumental. It's been transformational in my life even these past couple months when we started. So I want to encourage you, if you are not yet doing that, we send out the reading plan every single week and I just encourage you, Get in there, get in the word, let the Lord God speak to you by his spirit. Let me conclude in this way. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, this is a verse I've been coming to almost daily this whole year. Be steadfast, be immovable, always abound in the work of the Lord knowing that your labor is not in vain. May we be a church who is steadfast, not given up, who is immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain.